It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. Josh was rushed into it either way. It's not like they had time to develop Josh. He was kind of thrown to the wolves because Nathan Peterman threw up a dud or five and a half. But Brando. If Eli Manning can be an undefeated New England Patriots team, then I can do anything that I want in this world. Like, I, you know? And Pat. Well, to quote Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> what, what better place than here? And, um, you know, what, what better time than now? But, uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando, who are at the spectacular game this past weekend. We are a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Now that we got that tongue twister out of the way, I just want to start hearing about the game from your guys' perspective, because I know that both of you were busy during the first touchdown. Unfortunately. Hearing the roar from the crowd must have been pretty cool, at least for that one, right? Well, I'll say my side first, because I know Pat's is a little more unfortunate than mine. Um, I was you know, working and I had a patron in my chair and you hear the crowd roar. And I swear I saw, uh, you could maybe pick up 20% of the jumbotron as you're walking around the corner of the stadium and you can kind of see somebody running in green space. And that's all that I saw. I was like, Oh, Bill's got a touchdown. Don't know how it happened. And it had to have been far. So I'm like pulling up my phone while I'm pushing this lady. She's like, look it up, look it up, look it up. And I'm like, all right, hang on. ESPN's loading. And it was like, Gabe Davis, 98 yards. I was like, 98. I was like, what happened on the kickoff? What happened? What? Well, so much happened. And I didn't know it was third down. I didn't know anything that had happened. Then I go back and watch the replay and you see Josh takes the hit in the pocket, steps up on a dime. Then you see the view from behind the end zone. It's cool. I'll definitely have this uh, play in my brain. And I love the Gabe Davis play in Kansas City. Like these deep threats that he has and the breakaway speed that he exhibits on the field is just so cool. But I was bummed. I missed. I saw the second one, but didn't get to see the first one. It's so weird that Gabe Davis has like that football speed, right? Kind of like what you were alluding to. The, the, The football breakaway speed. Which is weird because he's not the fastest guy in the field. And it's so funny. Like you'll hear Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie always poke fun at him and call him slow and stuff like that. But he gets open. He gets separation and is definitely winning the 50-50 balls. So, And it always takes me back to when Brandon Bean was at the Combine and they did like an embedded clip of this. And Brandon Bean's watching it with Adam Sheehan at the time, who was the assistant GM, who is with Brian Dayball now. But... I don't even know. I think he runs like a high four Wait, or five. Joe, Joe, Shane. Joe Shane. Joe Shane. What did I say? Adam Shane. Adam Sheen. Joe Shane. Joe Shane. All right, is that like Adam Shine? Like well, who knows? The, who knows? He's the CBS guy. I anyway, saw. I'm I sorry. saw Adam today. That's it, why it's late. Him. All yeah. the all the names are melding into each it other. Seventeen in minutes past my bedtime. So yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> I remember they clocked him and he runs like a four eight nine maybe or, or a four five eight whatever it was. It was higher than the top first, the wide receivers, and they were happy because it's going to slide up now into their pick more. And it worked out because he yep. has that football speed. So Pat, I'm sure you saw the second Gabe Davis touchdown, which in my humble opinion was actually the more like impressive of the two on Gabe Davis's part, at least ripping the ball out. What, what part of the stadium were you in? Um, So I was in section 316. So I was up there a little bit, but I did get to see it. Um, I think the crazy thing about that second one was that, and I can't, I can only imagine how long the ball was in the air for the first one, but the ball was in the air for a long time. And then like when he caught it with one hand, like 
it was wild just watching like for a split second him and Minka kind of like you know arm wrestle over it and just seeing him come out with it at the end like I, I thought you know either it was going to be a pick or like he was just you know what I mean not going to come down with it um but it was it was a beautiful catch um it was, it was really cool and then on that you know like Brandon was saying um I, I don't know I, I think a lot of guys you know maybe you get a little older your, your your prostate's not in the best shape that it could be and you just try to knock out that first uh you know trip to the bathroom before anything crazy happens I actually thought they threw a pick six <laughs> before anything crazy happens. <laughs> normally in a game that would be a good move right I was actually just kind of thinking about this so you you took the bathroom break early which it was just like the NASCAR early pit stop move right you know it's, it's essentially the same thing 90% of games, you'd be fine. You know, Yeah. you see no, the kickoff won't. go down. They're on the two yard line. You're thinking, okay, you know, even if there's going to be something that happens on this drive, you're going to at least have five minutes until it happens, you know, in, in real time and stuff like that. But Hey, no, what a pleasant cool. surprise to walk out to. So you, you thought it was a pick. Six I had no idea. I had no, I, I had no idea because then there were seven points on the board and I was like, what the heck happened? And so I just sat down and they weren't showing replays of it right away at the stadium. So then I, uh, I watched him, you know, get the rock back, watched him stop Kenny. And um, I was like, yeah, what happened? And they were like, oh, dude, it was a, it was a 98 yard touchdown pass. And then I watched the replay and only in Madden have I ever seen like someone like beat a double team just by like running through it. You know what I mean? Like splitting. He it. outran the coverage. It, like, in right? real life. He outran the coverage. <laughs> out through the coverage. Yeah. And out through the coverage. Yeah. There's maybe one oh, or two. So good. Maybe Mahomes doesn't even put it on the money like that, but. One of two quarterbacks maybe make that throw in the league. We don't even see really Rodgers making that play anymore since he's kind of gotten up there. Now, did you guys see fellas watching it on TV? Brandon and I, we saw some crazy fight stuff break out there at the end. I don't know if you guys saw any. There were like two scuffles, two larger scale scuffles. I don't know if you saw. The Kenny Pickett play at the end was interesting. I thought that was funny. Coward, coward, absolute coward. Pickett or, because I saw afterwards with, um, I want to say it was Lawson. It's Shaq Lawson. Well, Shaq Lawson, that there's that play. The play where Kenny Pickett goes to slide is um, Hamlin. Uh, not that one. Yeah, we're all cool with that one. That was, was a total fight. Yeah, that no, was that one was, But at the end of the game, dude, like Kenny Pickett threw a punch. Yeah, dude, it was like... I think Shaq Lawson gator rolled his ankles, right? But if you're outside the pocket... It is legal. It is legal, but there's like a minute left and we're just trying to go home. Like, so where do you guys fall on that? Pat, it seems like you're like, it's football got to play to the whistle they're still trying to score we're trying well, to tackle he's, it's, he's, he's trying to he's trying to run like it didn't really seem like he was trying to pass in that situation either and you know it's I, i'm sure it's overwhelming just because it is your first nfl start and it's good that he has that fieriness but i felt like it was almost more of a hype up for the crowd when aj Epinesa was getting kicked out and he was kind of just like at yeah. the tunnel just like waving his hands up yeah but. it's also funny no, the ref when he like goes to turn and he he's like he bumps the ref and you like you see it's an accident, but he's not even like sorry, dude. He's like get out of the way. It's like not an apologetic bump, and then the ref just blows a gasket. It's like yeah. come on, let's be let's be men here. Let's get out of here. Right, we got a little bit of time left, but um, <laughs> blows a gasket is a good term for that. The, the the look on that guy's face was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were holding the ref back. Yeah. From and you should never yeah. be able, you should never be referee being asked to be held back. Like you should never be in that position. <laughs> AJ Epinesa does not have a history of dirty plays, right? He's not some targeted league player who is a repeat offender. He's not Brad Marchand, you know, <sighs> like <laughs> hitting Ryan Miller, Milan, Lucic, oh, all those guys. Oh no, that's yeah. yeah. Lucic is what I'm thinking but of. Yeah. To, to the final point, like you said, it's the end of the game. And I remember playing football and it doesn't matter 
when it is in the game because the guys on the field are playing play to play because the eye in the sky does not lie. They're putting game tape out there that everybody's going to review when it comes contract time. Are you dogging it in the end of a game? Do you give it your all every single snap? It's football. You know, it's yeah. football. I, don't know. I think there's there's like a sliding scale to it just like a little bit because you have, I mean, yes, it's football, but you know, in the Pro Bowl when, you know, you have guys slowing down when they need to just a little bit. But yeah. again, sometimes people get hurt doing that too. So yeah. I understand it. I don't love that Shaq Lawson did that in that situation. The Hamlin play was a little bit more like, you know, it, it just happened so fast. Kenny Pickett literally waited into the last second to slide. Yeah. And what if he pulls that no so, slide crap? Which is crazy because they were teammates too. Yeah, and they're boys. And they, there was yeah, no yeah, bad. Yeah. I knew Pat would know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only heard that after the fact. I, did, I didn't remember that before. We could get into but. Hamlin and just how well he's been playing as well. Oh, dude, he is a baller. He's probably a top 15 safety in the league right now, especially with the way that they use him. And our defensive coaching is just... It blows my mind that these players can step in and be so good. And it's so this, this is like just the perfect situation. It's kind of like how Pat Mahomes was developed behind Alex Smith. And he comes in with Andrew Reed as the defensive, as the offensive guru. And now you come in with Leslie Frazier, you sit behind two all pros and he's got the quickness to step up and fill the gap that we see Poyer and Hyde do so well, but he's also got that ability to keep everything in front of him. And the only time we saw it happen was when they got split against Waddle. But if you if you saw that was not on his side of the field and he had to close the gap more than uh, the other guy. Who's the other safety? Johnson? Um, Jaquan Johnson. Yeah. Jaquan Johnson. So I'm excited yeah. about his development throughout the league. And like I said, I've said it a bunch this weekend. It's It's sad, but he will probably be on the field as a starter next year in some capacity. Whether Micah Hyde has a bad injury in his neck and you know we see something like Eric Wood, hypothetically, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Or you see Jordan Boyer walk because you can't afford to pay safeties thirty million dollars combined. Yeah, something. But do you think that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier's defense is so favorable to defensive backs because they were both defensive backs? Yeah, and, I've had this conversation before. Yeah, probably, yeah. definitely. I'm, I'm sure that contributes to it. But yes, yeah. and then you got to look at their coaching too, though. Like who coached them when they were playing? Mike Ditka is the only Mike guy that I can think right? of. Yeah, well, but, I guess they're all from. The Andy Reid tree as well, but Andy Reid wasn't yeah. playing defensive back. Um, <laughs> really? Are you sure? He's got the body. He would have been the thickest. He would have been the <laughs> thickest defensive back of all time. Probably could have played well. But it was interesting too. I like to see Kyrie Elam get that first interception. Um, yep. After giving up a uh, lot of yards too. So oh, dude, I felt like they back. throw. I felt like they threw at him, dude, like twelve times in a row at one point. Man, I mean, granted, yeah. you're, you're you're covering George Pickens and Deontay drops and. Um, <laughs> I get know, it because he drops the ball. Yeah, and then a half concussed Pat Fryermuth. But like, I mean, I dude, I felt like they threw at his side, and maybe it's because Kenny and Dane were also teammates. But like, dude, that was bizarre, dude. I felt like they threw at Kyrie Elam like like seventy three percent of all pass attempts. We were talking about this at the stadium, and they were like, Elam's having a hard time out there, and I was like, throw the ball at Elam like twenty five times today, maximize this game. Because the scoreboard doesn't matter because we're going to run it up on him anyways. So we need this man to get his reps yeah. because he needs to get as much as he can. And his postgame comments were great. He was like, I know that I have abilities that this performance didn't show who I really was, but I can lean on my talents and instincts to get that interception and forget the next play and move on, have that short memory. And that's what we saw Trey White do 
in that Bengals game against AJ. It was like he was devastated in that locker room, even though I want to say the Bills won that game still. But the way that he bounced back and to see Dane Jackson come out and play well, that was also nice to see after the injury. And I mean, he's really been holding it down, like yeah. as a as a CB two. I got to think that he's. And I've, I've been ringing this guy's bell since, you know, the offseason, but I think he's really solidified himself. We were ringing as, his bell last year, too. Yeah, he's yeah. really solidified himself as a CB2 on this team. I mean, it'll be interesting to see Benford, too, kind of how he fits, you know, once he comes back from that hand injury as well. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like we have we have three guys ready to play cornerback, too, as soon as everybody's healthy. Yeah. But it's especially, you know, reassuring to see at least one guy on either, you know, Dane Jackson really holding it down, going into a matchup like we have this coming week. Cause not every week is going to be the Steelers, you know, and next week is obviously the toughest challenge probably of the year, as far as matching up against, you know, an, another high powered offense. But um, I wanted to ask you guys this question, you know, before we get too far away from people, you know, depth players overperforming. So we obviously saw Shakir have a good game, get his first touchdown, did have a drop, but, you know, more than made up for it. I feel like he looked good. He had that, you know, that crazy throw that Josh had in a triple coverage. You know, Shakir went up and yeah, got... Yeah, jump ball. That's another jump throw ball, yeah. that if you watch it from the end zone angle, Josh times it it's, so it's well insane. because he has to wait for the, the DB to turn his back towards yep. Shakir, and then Josh puts it right over the head of the linebacker or DB, whoever's in coverage, but... Anyway, sorry, John. Yeah. And then we obviously have, you know, Gabe Davis, who looked like Gabe Davis of last year, obviously um, has been coming back from an ankle injury. And, you know, this was the first time he really looked 100% since maybe like the first game. So with those two guys overperforming, and we know that Isaiah McKenzie, when he's healthy, is going to be a big contributor to this offense. Where do we, where do we fall on the Odell Beckham sweepstakes? And do you want, you, do you still want Odell Beckham on this team? Yes. And okay. Bring him in. So, Can't have enough. I mean, all I'm saying is that also, and I like Isaiah McKenzie. He's the face of the franchise. Khalil Shakur basically had more production than Isaiah McKenzie's ever had other than that Patriots game and his first real playing time as a starter. When you have a guy like Josh under center though, I mean, McKenzie had what? He has touched on in back-to-back games and maybe 60 yards in the last game and he had a maybe a 70-yard performance in the opener. Well, I, th- I think back to the 2020 season when we lost to the Chiefs in the in the AFC Championship game because with everybody hurt Beasley with a broken leg, like our offense was not the same. We looked slower in that game. Yeah, Diggs had something going on with yeah, his knee too, Diggs right? had a thing, and there's never... When you throw the ball like we throw the ball, there's not enough receivers that you could have on your roster. And... They're looking at Shakir as a rookie young guy. They got him under contract for four seasons. So he's going to ripen up. And especially when you have guys like Odell and Steph Diggs above and Gabe Davis, like he, there, there's a perfect group to learn from and to have that depth. And then you look in your corners too. This is also really cool. And it kind of goes to the depth point. Well, I'll say that first off, you know, you got my answer. Yes, I want Odell. But having all these receivers, the way the league is trending and having three, four receivers out on the field at one time. When you think of like depth and rotational pieces, you really think defensive line, right? You think you need these kind of players to step in and fill in, but you're going to see that so much more with cornerback these years. And the teams that have it like the bills, they just can really kind of smother a passing attack to the point that you could put out 
all these good teams have one a one B receivers. You have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen and you have Devonte Adams and, and uh, Hunter, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro yeah. and you have Jamar chase and T Higgins and you have Waddle and Hill. And it, the, you need this kind of cornerback depth to rotate through and, competition or not when teams are coming out like the bills they they'll come out in 11 personnel or 10 personnel whatever it is just to force the matchup that they can get and having the chess pieces to move digs to the slot move odell to the slot let Shakira catch a little flare around and use his speed to get upfield it's just so important depth is the winning formula for super bowls and the more depth you have the better you're gonna go longer into the season so bring on anybody that can help this team including odell beckham yeah, I'm with you too. Cause it's like, you can never buy a good enough insurance policy. Cause again, you know, we've seen probably the, the worst injuries the bills have had in years. Yes. And granted, you know, it's a great place to be three and one, but it's just a, it's just a reminder of how fast your season can go South with something like that. And you see it with the Rams right now, you know how much they, their offense stinks without Odell Beckham, how much they could use a competent wide receiver too right now. They're having a rough time. Their Super Bowl game plan uh, totally revolved around Odell, uh, you know, because Cooper Cub was going to get the attention. Yeah. And even though they won the game, they they all struggled, you know, after he got injured in that game. It's such a huge thing. And you saw it with Josh in his rookie year when you don't have that weapon. And just how big of a difference bringing in two guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley. They're not your legitimate 1A number one receivers. But having a guy that can make a one-on-one catch, having a guy that forces the defense out of that cover zero heavy blitz, having a guy that can make this play, it, it changes all the defense. You might see more cover two shell and James Cook and Singletary can get more yards on that or Josh yeah. can run out of it. Or Either way, just the way that we can manipulate the defense with these pieces is so important for our or offense. Or you could go from winning 13 games with Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Devontae Adams to losing to the Giants um, you know, as well. <laughs> so I feel like... Aaron Rodgers doesn't exactly. look like the same person at all. He's really... No, he looks no. very painful to watch him play. He's grinding through the season in... in in Baltimore and freaking Green Bay. Yeah. In Green Bay. And, I yeah. mean, to, to quote my dad, as he would say, no one has ever gone to a party and said, man, I'm happy they had too much beer. You know? So. <laughs> right. Um, hey, that's, that's a good way to put it. So let me, <laughs> let me turn this up a notch. Ready? Cause I, I'm ready to turn you two against each other. Rumors okay. circulating, conflicting reports on Twitter today. I, I have Obviously, heard this. Okay. In Carolina, Matt rule is out as head coach. And I'm, I'm actually a little bit upset about this because I wanted to place a bet that he would be the first head coach fired and I couldn't find anywhere to do it. That's because um, these sports books. know. Yeah, they, they must know anyway. So he's fired. Teams are making calls, right? Because Panthers, as much as they pretty much are in rebuilding mode already, cause they suck probably going to go further into rebuilding mode. They're not going to be good anytime in the near future in the next year, you know, at least so Christian McCaffrey now before I get your answer Pat actually you know no, no, no. G- give me your first thoughts because I, I want to hear because you've all, you've you've been quoted on this show before as saying Christian McCaffrey is washed uh, and I wonder well, what are what are his stats so in far for theory, this season? in theory I mean yeah let's take a look here I don't think he's played every game either which is already concerning but I mean in theory He's been limited. In theory, it's not a bad move. I know he had a long receiving touchdown two weeks ago. 
I mean, ideally, I would like to take a time machine and bring back his father, two-time champion wide receiver, Ed McCaffrey on the Buffalo Bills. But, I mean, obviously, that's not possible. <laughs> um, I mean, he is 26 years old. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that he, he's, you know, someone that age-wise. Now, that being said, I mean, it, it does look like as well, but it looks like he's rushed for 324 yards in five games with... 188 receiving yards, two TDs on the ground, one in the air. I mean, that being said, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that the addition wouldn't be beneficial to the team. It's just one of those, I would prefer Saquon Barkley, but I think Brian Dable knows what he's got in him and is not willing to deal him. And I mean, it's just, you got to look at it this way. I mean, Tom Brady had James White, Tom Brady had Corey Dillon, Kurt Warner had Marshall Falk, Peyton Manning had The Edge, then had Dominic Rose. I mean, you're talking about all these guys. Ben Roethlisberger had Reggie had Bush and Deuce McAllister had the bus. Yeah. Then he had Fast Willie Parker on the yeah. second one. Like every great team. I mean, Tom Brady even had Lenny Fournette recently. I mean, it's just, and on him all you want, but Pat Mahomes has Clyde Edwards Elair and he's also a god. But, you know, it's just like. You it's, throw God around it, pretty liberally. Well, there's a lot of terms we throw around liberally on the show, but that's, no, that's what makes only, it not another Buffalo podcast is, no, it is. the liberal I mean, use of, I t- I take we the, get to I take say the whatever god, the heck we want. I, I take the God quote back. Only only Debo Samuel is deserving of the God. Um, <laughs> Derek, Derek Henry time. and Nick Chubb are just like peasants just in the world then. Yeah. They're, they're, just just, they're, just, they're just guys who just have good stats. But um, no, I think that Christian McCaffrey, I mean... I, I guess the other thing with Christian McCaffrey though, is that he's not going to be a guy that's going to have a whole lot of volume when it comes to carries themselves. Like he's someone that you are going to have to game plan to get the ball, you know, whether it be on swing passes or you're splitting them out, you know, in a little bit of ace package. So I guess that's just something to consider as well as like, what are we trying to get out of production from that position? How does that look opposed to how we're already getting the ball to players in that position? I don't now? think they know because they have spent four years trying to figure out how to get better production in the limited times that they need it for their running backs. And the word that McDermott has used is efficiency because Josh can't carry the ball 12 times a game. And the thing is, I like Barkley too, Pat. That would be cool, but Brian Dable's not giving him up. But McCaffrey fits our scheme to the point where you could just put him in the slot, just like we did with James Cook in Miami. But you, I don't know. I don't, I don't want him. It's so much money because if that has to tie up anything mm-hmm. with Odell, I would much rather have Odell keep James cook, give him more of a role in the offense. And if you're going to make a trade before you get too far into that, I want to talk about the money really quick because this is the other part that I saw that was interesting. Do you have info on this? Yes. Greg from cover Cover one tweeted this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Greg from cover one says, I just had a minor stroke when I figured this out. Trading for Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers would cost the bills roughly 600 K in 2022. All right. Well, there's still he's got less like four than a, years, less than a million dollars. He's got four years remaining. What's next year's deal? Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't screenshot the tweet after that. But anyway, that's why you know maybe if if it's a one year win the Super Bowl this year and deal him after the season thing, I think that that could work. But that's kind of a weird mindset to go into with with these short term deals. But anyway, I also think that to Pat's point too, you're talking about you know you would actually have to kind of rethink the offense a little bit. I feel like for him, I, I don't think he's a perfect plug and play because plug and play would be like taking Singletary's position. Right. And I think Singletary is a very different skill set. Whereas like, I would think that a James cook has a little bit more of a similar s- skill set to 
uh, and we're still know, struggling ways to find to get him the ball. That's what, like, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, you know, we're not throwing six swing passes yeah. to James Cook a game and we could be, you know, we have, I think we've maybe maxed out at two at a certain point and he dropped one of them. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that James Cook is the same player as Christian McCaffrey, but I think if they did want to add that type of element to the offense that, you know, they would start giving him, you know, a, a couple more opportunities. Um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not complaining about adding Christian McCaffrey to the team or anything like that. So but. I got his numbers right here. And the reason why he would be so cheap this year, and I'm on uh, spottrack.com, it's because his base salary is only $1 million. And they uh, got guaranteed restructured. So his cap hits only 8.7. But when you look at next year, his cap hit doubles to 19.5. And it's for the next three seasons at 19 million. And this is the big kicker. Carolina would have to take 27 million dead cap this year for running back 18 next year, 10 the following year and 3.2 the fourth year. So it's just uh, the money game doesn't work. I don't think we can't have a $19 million cap hit with a running back next year and no and then you got to no. deal with the options of, i mean it would be cool to have somebody like cook and mccaffrey in the backfield you'd have mismatches on both linebackers but unless you're going to have cook running up the tackles and have be mccaffrey be the receiving back you kind of need somebody like a singletary but singletary's got to be the piece going the other way in a trade because he's got some value they could plug him in to the panthers offense and play and you know we have two fifth round picks so if you're talking singletary and two fifth round picks then that's like the max that I would probably I mean offer because I'm thinking there's a couple there's a couple dudes you could even throw a fifth round pick at right now and get like I think if you threw a fifth round pick for Kareem Hunt right now maybe threw him into the mix that might not be a bad move they're not gonna trade him um, you know they don't they're they're in these I games said, they're yeah. in their games they're Jacoby yeah, Brissett's I mean, playing well trade, trade a fifth round pick maybe for Naheem Hines I mean I Naheem Hines you don't want dogs. him I, there, so, <laughs> no, so, no. there's a stat well, on he's also very him. he's very concussed right now there's a stat on, on Hines exactly. from Pittsburgh <laughs> that it's like his running lanes he never had like more than a 25 yard run in his entire career he's never broken the top off of a defense because he's slow and he averages between like two and eight yards per carry and he needs to have an O-line to make him a hole because he has like no elusiveness so he runs he's a straight path runner and he gets tackled after eight yards or like he never breaks it open he never they were talking about this on wgr um but they were like we don't want Hines. he's not good the especially behind a bad offensive line and we don't have a good running offensive line which i think you need the elusiveness of somebody like cook back there and you saw it cook was able to split the gap run to the left corner and uh beat the safety who's an all pro safety so yeah. Yeah. And now I want to also, I don't want to totally poop on McCaffrey's production throughout his career, but how much do you think that stats are inflated when you're the best player on a mediocre team? A lot. Do you, I yeah. mean, cause if you're the best weapon your offense has, that person's going to get a crazy amount of touches. Yeah. And, you know, so it's kind of like this correlation versus causation thing, you know, like, are his stats so good? Because I think it's a little bit of both, obviously, you know, he's a good player, but it's also like in a very talented bills offense, he's probably getting less than half of the touches that I normally yes. would. And I wouldn't expect his production to be the same. So, so I got updated you know, numbers. Sorry. I, Spot I, I, Track like, just, I like Odell better. Me like, too. like you said, Brandon. Spot track just tweeted about it. Acquiring 
McCaffrey at the trade deadline on November 1st, 2022. It's about 600K, like you said. And then in 23, 24, 25, it goes to 12 and 12.2 million. So still, that's a lot of money for a running back. Yeah. But hey, let's let's enjoy the Steelers win too. Cause yes. I mean that was, this. that was a fun that was a fun Sunday of football. Can I just say real quick, the I and I last year I said it again, Pittsburgh fans are cool. And I say it again, I had a good experience with all the Pittsburgh fans at the stadium. Yeah. They love their football. They stayed late. And like I said to Pat, there's a lot of Kenny Pickens jerseys. And I didn't, you know, I didn't put the one and two together that he's a pit kid. So, you know, hometown kid making his first start. And I'm like, why are there so many Kenny Pickens jerseys here? And there, there's a lot of Steelers fans. A lot of them stayed too. So kudos to them. And a little side note that we might not have noticed because they didn't really play, but the Edmonds family with the brothers on Steelers and Buffalo. Um, yeah. yeah. Neither of them played. No. Awesome family. I, I met them at the, uh, at the game and they had oh, these nice, really cool nice. jackets. They have these jean jackets that were like, half Steelers, half Bills with Edmonds on both sides. And it was really cool that they got their whole family, got a party bus, like 60, 60 plus people came in their family just to cheer them on. And now, now word on the street is that their dad, Pharaoh is also a monster of a man. Can, can you, I didn't confirm? meet his dad. I met, I met grandma, mom and uncle. <laughs> So, nice. I remember, cool. I think they used to have jerseys that they actually had Split. like sewn down the yeah, middle because, yeah. you know, their mom can't decide whose jersey to wear during the game and, you know, yeah. doesn't obviously doesn't want to favor the other. But honestly, they play each other enough that you could just you could just rotate at this point. Well, last you know, they year, play each other every year. That's exactly what she said, because last year they had the jackets on as well. And I thought they were really cool. And she's like, well, we've played a bunch now, so I need to get these because I wear them often. And it was funny. But nice, I just nice every time cool. I see him, I just make I want him to re-sign here. He's such a treasure on our defense, and I love him, and I want him to. Well, and didn't you say the the Pickett family was also yeah uh, Pickett family was in the three hundred levels as well? Yeah, so Kenny Pickett on oh, that cool. rookie contract couldn't splurge to get his yeah, family get some nice tickets. tickets well, and I mean Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. But just know it took Josh Allen until his third year in the league to throw for 300 yards in a game. Granted, he wasn't throwing the ball 50 times a game. But, you know, just, he just a little silver Kenny, lining. He's Kenny just a silver lining. He did. What did he, he, did he yeah, go over 300? Yeah, yeah, he did. He he looked. I mean, I don't want to be mean. Maybe. I don't mean. I don't want to be mean to Mitch here, but he he looks like he looked he's, better than Mitch. He looked a lot better than. Yeah, Mitch. he's got a he's got a spark for throwing the ball down the field that that Mitch didn't really have in the in the Steelers offense. It was kind of rough to watch for the first few first few weeks. So, yeah. And there was some Steelers him. merch I saw. Kenny Pickett has huge hand sweatshirts. I saw like three or four of them that, and then it said eight <laughs> and it said like eight and a half inches on the back, and like I was thinking, <laughs> that, you know, that would be a pretty cool cop. <laughs> nice nice all right let's get a break in here real quick and on the other side we got a sabers update and some quotes with pat so stick around Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's time for the Weekly Sabres Update. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hockey returns to Buffalo Thursday night against Ottawa. It's the home opener. Home opener is for the Bills, an event on the calendar that people mark almost what six months to a year out, and they just treasure that day. And for hockey fans in Buffalo, which there are many, the season opener for the Sabres is always a good event. I've gone to it a bunch of times, and I will be there on Thursday. Exciting start to the season. Get those young guns out, and hopefully... They don't lose to Ottawa. This has been your weekly Sabres update. Up last thing with the Sabres, uh, Kyle Poso, Rasmus Dahlin, and Zemgis Gergensen's named captains this year. So it's good to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Or was, I thought Gergensen's was the alternate captain. Alternate. Yeah. You know, alternate. Those are both alternates. Okay. Poso is the. Poso's got the C, Dahlin's got the A, and Gergensen's got the A. Nice. So Delling probably the uh, captain in the next few years. Probably. I hope so. We're in the seat, I love right? Rasmus. You guys know he's my favorite player. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for this year. I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Owen Power, JJ Paterka, Quinn. These young guys. A lot of the season rides on you know how the how the young guys perform for sure. But yep. yeah, I'm excited. Pat, you got a you got a quote for us? I do. I have a two part. I have a two part quote and question for you boys. Okay, Ooh. I'm ready. All right. I think everyone understands where we are and what transpired today, and it's not cool. So you can draw whatever conclusions you want to draw from it. That's just the realities of our business at this level. Mike McDaniel talking about the Jets. Close. Is it Robert Saleh talking about the Dolphins? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's someone talking about a bad team for sure. Uh, Bill Belichick talking about the Lions. I wish. I'll never. I'm never. I will never pick the Lions to win another uh, game on this show. Stupid. <laughs> I thought Ever. of you the whole time, man. I thought of you the whole I time. I was. I was so close. I should have known. Um. Yeah. But anyways, uh, <laughs> no. It is a head coach talking about a uh, bad team. But <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan. So oh, come on. I was going to say Debo Samuel. I threw. I, I. I don't throw the. I don't throw the God term out there a lot. But Debo Samuel is a God, so I don't think he'd be saying that with a God on the squad. But um, uh, no, it's uh, maybe a little bit more obvious than you would think. I think everyone okay. understands where we are today and what transpired today. Mike Tomlin, and it is not cool. Yeah, it Mike, is Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Sorry. So okay. Yeah. Second part cool. to the question. This was the Steelers. It was their worst loss since losing fifty-one to nothing in nineteen eighty-nine. Who beat the Steelers in that game? I saw this. I don't know. I want to. I don't want to say the Bengals. It's not a division no. opponent. 
but it's not. I can't tell you. Not the John, Bills. John, let's hear your thoughts. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't actually the Bills. Um, no, it wasn't the Bills. AFC team though. This was like this was like a Chuck Knoll Steelers team, right? Because yes, this wasn't yes. this wasn't even a Bill Coward oh, Steelers no. team. So it is a uh, historic AFC franchise. Um, hey, is this somebody? Is this somebody bad like the Browns? It is the Browns, which makes ah. all those all those recent complete annihilations by the Steelers. Well, I mean, they they did beat them this year, but the two decades <laughs> of just complete destruction that the Steelers bestowed upon them. Okay, because the worst loss in Steelers history came against the Browns. So cool, Bernie Kosar and the boys back in the day. I like that. <laughs> also, did you see? Uh, this is not a quote thing but did you see Cordell's Patterson's Twitter picture is the picture of the referee who threw the intentional or who threw the roughing the passer call on Yo, Tom now Brady what, what is up with that what is up with that Tom Brady you know and, and I can't say anything because Josh Allen is he is the man he is the king of drawing <laughs> roughing the passer only to Tom Brady like I, so I Josh runs anything. Josh tackles the ref knows that Josh is He's not afraid of contact. He's not doing any sort of pansy little trip up stuff. Well, and, and I mean, Tom's going through a divorce. Kicking. So mentally, physically, he's not where he needs to be. So. He's probably real frustrated out there. Yes, probably. Yeah. yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Also, speaking of of tweets, the Bill's social media account is undefeated after after wins. You gotta look up some of the stuff. It's like they yeah, got like Mr. They're pulling Mr. Rogers memes on drawn, a team that just lost L's. 38 to three drawn L's. I mean, it's just, it's completely savage. And you know, if you were still mad about last year's home opener loss, then I, I think you had a good day yesterday. So. But yes, was I was, I was much happier after this game. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's going to do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast. And I guess we'll see you Friday. We'll do some Brando's bets, make our game picks, yada, yada, yada. You guys know the drill. But uh, yeah, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.